I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Capital Calculus, the show which focuses on the intersection of politics and economics. In democracies like India, there's always a fierce contest for political power. The social capital so earned is deployed in defining government spending priorities and public policy. So it is fair to say that in a democracy, all policy is politics and policy moves should therefore be viewed through the prism of politics. Every week, this show will explore this intersection of politics and economics to try and give you a fresh perspective on the week that was. I am your host, Anil Padmanav. In little under a fortnight from now, India would have logged 1 million COVID-19 infections. This tragic milestone is a reminder of the humanitarian crisis, no doubt. Equally worrying is the toll this pandemic has had on the Indian economy. The government exchequer has suffered an unprecedented shock. Unfortunately, this is not a one-off experience. The pandemic is the most dramatic manifestation of a growing trend. This episode has stood out because it is impacting the entire country. Take, for example, extreme weather conditions. They are occurring at a frightening frequency. Just because it is localized, like the floods in Kashmir and Uttarakhand, it has escaped the national eye. Such big-ticket natural disasters are now happening almost once every five years. Connect the dots and you create a new risk profile of the Indian economy. Consequently, like households, government spending, both for the centre and states, are facing the stress test. The message is clear. The idea of business as usual is dead. Among other things, government spending has to acquire resilience and flexibility. The political economy of this reset in public spending will be potentially transformative, both economically and socially. It is clear then that the Indian economy is being exposed to new risks. There is something else that is also obvious. The old style of economic governance has run its course. What will be the new paradigm? To explore this idea, I tapped Haseeb Drabu. He has served in so many capacities bridging the world of application, economics and politics. After having worked with the PM's Economic Advisory Council, the 10th Finance Commission, he took to full-time journalism. Thereafter, he did a stint as the chairman of JNK Bank and then plunged into politics. As the finance minister in the BJP-PDP coalition which took charge in Jammu Kashmir, he was also part of the national team of FMs guiding the GST came plan. In short, the perfect go-to person. I began by asking him whether he agreed that India today faces a different risk profile. Absolutely. I mean, there's no denying the fact that we are seeing the frequency of disruptions far more frequently, whether it's emanating from the health side or the climate side, almost with a frightening regularity, this is happening. So uh, it's very, very important that one recognizes this and starts 
thinking for policy responses for to address these issues absolutely so asib if you were an individual you could go out and buy an insurance cover against say a covid uh, exposure but as a government what do you do i mean how do you protect the country how do you protect the people well, that's an interesting question and i think what you're talking about is uh, is really something which is very fundamental and uh, you know i would start by saying that we need to change our approach towards public policy generally speaking public policy should not be based on what is likely to happen it should be based on what could happen one effective way to address the new challenges facing public expenditure is to undertake a reset something easier said than done it means junking the accepted mindset and retuning public policy leave alone the economics the politics of such a change can be daunting i turn to hasib to explore the architecture of a new public spending policy coming specifically to the uh, issue of public expenditure policy um it should factor in these kinds of disruptions that have a huge fiscal implication because these are not small disruptions in some area which doesn't have fiscal uh, implications a pandemic a flood any of these uh, exigencies have huge fiscal implications so instead of being reactive we need to proactively build a public expenditure policy that provides for these eventualities both in terms of funding them and also in terms of allocative parameters so uh, hasib would a starting point be a pandemic budget because it will one allows you to focus interest on a certain priority and then build into a long term play as you are suggesting yeah so if one were to kind of start from public expenditure policy as i said and then you look at instrumentalities of course it should come through the budget um i'm not sure if it should be a pandemic budget for now uh, but surely one should start looking at uh, a fundamental reset of the way we are doing budgets for starters would you suggest we move away from this annual budget spectacle no you uh, see anil we can't move away from it i think we need to redefine it um because of the situation that has emerged not just covid but the overall situation in terms of how public expenditures uh have come along uh, over the last 50 years or so so we can't move away from an annual thing but what i think we should do is to move uh, ahead and do a three year rolling budget that will give a lot of stability to the public expenditure policy many countries follow this it's an established practice in uh, public finance there are a number of countries do follow three year rolling budgets we could look at um a three to five year rolling budgets it will give a lot of uh, policy flexibility and what will also do is when you need to change public expenditure policy let's say you want to today you are spending 1.9% uh, of uh, gdp on health and you want to raise it to 6% it will it won't happen overnight it can't happen in one year so you need to bring in that aspect of long term fiscal policy into your budget as a rolling budget sometime in the mid 1980s india's policy wonks embarked on a wonderful idea a long term fiscal policy the plan was to exercise rectitude in public spending not surprisingly politicians buried the idea till it was resurrected as the fiscal responsibility and budget management act but recent events 
may have overtaken even this idea. Today, public expenditure or public investment rather is not the dominant player. Earlier, public investment was a large part of public expenditure. Today, it's only current expenditures. And lots of current expenditures are with state governments. So if you are looking to incorporate the new economy and give us a focus which is, aligns itself with the, uh, with the new economy, we have to have a long, new long-term fiscal policy which will reorient particularly the current expenditure. It's not just about $5 trillion, It's also about how much of that $5 trillion is dependent on private investment and not public investment. So today, the whole notion which comes through in the PM's package about leveraging money didn't exist in 80s. Today, you're saying, I'll put 10,000 on that, I will leverage that money uh, and raise 50,000 crores. Um, those ideas didn't exist at that point of time. The markets didn't have that kind of maturity. So I think we need to look at it from that perspective, yes. For some time now, a school of thought has been arguing for a massive fiscal stimulus. Some among them have even mooted the idea of an interim budget. I post the thought to Haseeb. Honestly, no. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Uh, that would be more of a knee-jerk uh, thing. What I would do, perhaps, is actually take this aspect to the federal structure and make sure that the states align uh, their budgets and expenditures to what is nationally required. Today, states are not doing enough proactive public policy, public expenditure policy management. Um, and different people are doing different things. So, Asif, you're saying that basically the center and the states should align their budgets to complement each other. Absolutely. It, it is getting, uh, uh, it is now necessary because earlier the center's budget was defined by the investment component of its public expenditure. If you see that has come down, the major shift in public expenditure has been it's driven by current expenditure at center level. States were always about current expenditures, mostly, because they went to health, they went to education, they went to law and administration, which is why you saw their revenue deficits were not as grievous as that of center. So um, now that center is also getting into current expenditures, I think we need to realign these. The entire gamut of, uh, you know, centrally-sponsored schemes, central sector schemes, which have been changed, morphed, modified, now need to be, you know, made more cohesive in the current situation. And that's where I think uh, the whole issue of how to address pandemic will come in. The emerging situation demands a serious rethink, an out-of-the-box solution. As Finance Minister of Jammu and Kashmir, Haseeb had proposed a separate power budget. The idea, the first of its kind in India, was powerful. Why so? And will it work in the current context? What I found, you see, the whole idea was that it was seen that JNK's fiscal situation is a complete mess. And we were trying to do all kinds of things that had been tried, you know, to do uh, to restore the balance. What I figured out was that actually the mess was only in the power sector. And if you were to isolate that particular part, which is, you know, which is not in an accounting sense uh, profitable or uh, uh, adequate, the rest of the fiscal balance is perfect. So if you were to insulate power, then you could have specific measures uh, to address that without having to reorient the entire fiscal policy of the state, which seemed like we had a revenue surplus if you took out expenditures on power and recoveries from power. So what I did was to insulate the trouble in some way and let the main fiscal policy be done on criteria which are more macroeconomic rather than sectoral. 
And that helped because you could take specific policy decisions, very, very specific policies to address the power situation. And it wasn't impacting my main budgetary proposals. That was the reason for it. So, Haseeb, uh, if we fast forward to the current situation, uh, we apply the same principle of insulating the pain point and you yeah. know, thereby not disrupting. Do you think it's something this next budget should incorporate? Absolutely. I mean, I, I would think, uh, I don't know if you carry a special situations budget. Yes, I mean, it could sow the seeds of that. And uh, that could be a joint effort with state governments. And I'm sure all states would be very, very happy to participate in that. Uh, but yes, it would focus your fiscal policy on the pain point without distorting the overall macroeconomic fiscal situation. That's the key. So uh, how you want to do it, as I said, you know, you, do you want to do a pandemic budget? Do you want to do a, a kind of a fund that is uh, run by the center and states jointly? Uh, you could do a special situations budget. You could do a better long-term fiscal policy, bring it in as a part of FRBM that you have to earmark a certain amount of money for future, be proactive. We could discuss the modalities, but I think the idea which you're throwing up is, uh, is very doable and very relevant, yes. It is clear then that public spending needs a reboot. Business as usual will no longer work in an era where the risks are so frequent, so unpredictable, and like with the pandemic, unprecedented. How does a developing country like India not get overwhelmed by such circumstances? Hasib's idea of creating a pandemic budget to insulate the rest of the economy could be a good starting point. Simultaneously, it is time to revisit the idea of public spending. Who gets what? And eliminate the middleman. But remember, the political economy of such a reset is going to be dramatic. Cutting out the middleman through disintermediation will alienate a very powerful lobby with strong political connections. The pushback from this economically disenfranchised lot cannot be underestimated. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. You can reach me on Twitter at Capital Calculus or on Facebook and Instagram at HT Smartcast. I'll be back next week with a new episode of Capital Calculus. Till then, stay safe. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.